Right, we're now recording again. Recording there as well. Recording there. All right. All right. You ready? Is mine going? Uh, click into it. Yeah. Your audio three. Audio tree. Your third brother. <laughs> Mate, I'll be jacking trees. Because you've right. been tapping threes. Because I'll be hitting three at a time. The triple service. Boys and girls, welcome back to the rap number 10. It's the big triumvirate in the gong. We love the gong, bit of a family holiday, but we're still out here grinding. So uh, here on the rap, we like to just give a little bit of our thoughts on some controversial issues. We just like to tell it how it is, really. That's my synthesis of it. Got here the three big boys. Alex, how you doing? Mate, it's the tenth episode of the wrap, so I think we should uh we might see if we can put together a little bit of a highlight reel um at the beginning of this, but um ten episodes, it's gone quickly, but um covered a lot of things, conspiracy theories, uh fake news, real news, hard hitting analysis, uh a lot of amateur sports analysis and disrespect being dished out. So if you're tuning in, if you're a first time listener, it's the tenth episode, um we just want to caveat everything that happens within the next hour with um, the following. Uh, we have no idea what we're doing, and we never have, and I don't know if we ever will. But uh, we're getting there. We're making progress. But I'm going well. There's only one way to find out. Stick around. Stick around, and we'll uh, go for a roller coaster hour, maybe more. But who knows? Do you see how you doing, mate? I'm pretty good. It's about uh, 11:53. I haven't had breakfast yet. I'm on that race to eight, cutting. I'm in the lead. Tune into that series if you like seeing the fitness uh, aspect of the Carnage House. All the non-fitness, the unhealthy weight loss uh, could be viewed either way. Um, but I'm good. A bit hungry and maybe a bit snippy, but we'll see. Pretty damn hungry. I think we're all going to be a little bit snippy today, but let's just have a harmonious <laughs> episode. How about that? So um, Harmony Day here on Carnage House. For those who are not familiar with the way the rap works, the first thing we do is a segment called Jumping to Conclusions, mm. where we say something that's a little bit outlandish, a little bit of maybe just a comment people don't think about as much as they should. And then uh, at the end of the show, we've, we've decided which one we're going to explore. And uh, the person tries to rationalise their argument. Um, so, Alex, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I've been thinking about this quite a lot. Um, I was thinking if we were going to have a, a Batman in real life, a Christopher Nolan Batman, not like the old comics, um, but like a real kind of dark... Uh, take on what it is to be a hero. Uh, I was thinking about who it would be in real life. And I've come to the conclusion that there's only one man for the job. And it's not just the uh, superficial aspects, but it's also kind of the the character and and what he brings overall. And it's got to be Donald Trump. I think there's only one way that he could do it, and it's got to be Donald Trump. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. That's right. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Not sure if that is... uh a conclusion, but uh, moving swiftly I think it's reasonably on, conclusive. swiftly on, Dougal. Um, as uh, Mr. 305, Mr. 360 <laughs> worldwide, um, <laughs> the man with the international experience, the cultured man, uh, the man of many cities, some would call me, <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, you just don't get what you pay for in Sydney. You do not get what you pay for. This is another softball from Dukes. Dougal did was the one who was keen to see if we had our conclusions. Um, for those 
who aren't blessed to see the behind the behind the scenes. It's really just something we think up in the last couple of minutes before we uh, get on. But well, I'm happy to say the inference of that is that you should move out of Sydney. You should move out of Sydney. Well, if you're a young person, you should move out. It's better for you to move out of Sydney. Okay, that's fair enough. That's probably a better conclusion. More. But I mean, it's the it's the same. Like, it would mean that the lifestyle in other cities is better, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, that's lifestyle and get look, what you paid look, for is look, different. Well, we might discuss. Not this really. We hate, 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 hate. Don't get snivvy. Yes, don't get snivvy now. Um, look, that's interesting. Um, my conclusion took a little bit of uh, inspiration from Alex's a little while ago, where he said everyone should go to church once a year. Mine is that everyone should go camping with their mates once a year. Camping's like what people do once once they forget what real fun is. Need to I'm glad you've been uh, on your nine gag looking up those type of memes. <laughs> yeah. The real, real normie memes. Dougal, um, yeah, Dukes is on the nine gag. Uh, oh, that nine to five gag. <laughs> All right. That's uh, a little bit rude, but we'll move on. Who's, who's we picking? I'm, I'm happy to let Dukes take the reins if I want. Okay, most people are. Uh, <laughs> I might have to retract that. <laughs> I'm taking the reins and you're the horsey baby (laughs) 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 alright I'll take it I'll take that I'm happy to give it to him but it's just like again it's just a nothing conclusion isn't it Donald Trump is Batman sweet (laughs) (laughs) alright Andy what's the uh, international story of the day no we do domestic story first right we do domestic story first on the show even though we got them in the wrong order on on the rap sheet yeah that's really Put a bit of a span in the works, but our uh, domestic story, a little bit of tying into the sport and culture report, but we're bringing it onto the rap, a little bit of integration. Uh, are you sure that's a domestic story we're doing? Israel Folau? Is that the, or is it, oh no, that's, that's the <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know where we are. Andy has absolutely story. botched it. Is Julian Assange the international <laughs> story, or is yes. that the goddamn domestic story? <laughs> that's the international story. I thought we were doing... The election had been called for May 18th as a domestic okay, story. Have you got the, informa- the relevant information? Well, that's mainly the information that it is, and we would react to it. <laughs> so it's just a, re- a reaction. <laughs> a little reaction segment. Right, how about we do our predictions? Yeah. Predictions on uh, who wins? Is it close? Is it a landslide? Okay. I'm going to say that the coalition are going to do surprisingly well. While they were betting at about five bucks, I would have put them at about 250. I don't understand. Here's the part that I don't understand. Is that um, I think they have some good policies. What they're talking about, some some policies that would be attractive in terms of uh, budget surplus, uh, border protection, um, tax cuts. But what I don't understand is how badly this one nation preference thing is going to hurt them when they decided to preference Labor ahead of One Nation. And some political analysts are saying that really hurts their chances. But I don't I don't fully understand that system. But I think One Nation will probably get some uh, a strong amount of votes at this election, and I think if Liberals uh, do not benefit from that, but Labor benefits from the Greens, uh, I think it's going to be hard um, for them to win. But that's a political question that I don't understand much about. Um, I made my jumping to conclusion a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, was that the Liberals were going to get up at the next election. Uh, stand by it and I, st- I, st- I still I still stand by that and and again I will uh, quote uh, my basic 
premise is that uh, don't underestimate the uh, dislike for Bill Shorten that goes around the country. Um, I could I could say there's arguably not a person who is more disliked other than Peter uh, when they had a go at Steve Irwin <laughs> on the anniversary of his death. Um, I would say that, and you can tell that because the difference between the two-party preferred and the preferred prime minister, uh, Labor are normally a little bit, uh, quite a fair bit further ahead in the two-party preferred than they are in the preferred prime minister, just because Bill Shorten is so uh, dislikable, for lack of a better term. Um, but I would also say that um, when you look at uh, election issues, the economy is almost always in the top three, regardless of what your political persuasion is. Um, and the fact that the Libs are forecasting to bring the budget back to black, um, the, the effect on, on the general population can't be understated. Um, it's not surprising that Labor want to tack on to the tax cut kind of regime of uh, the Libs that the Libs are proposing. And if you look at the kind of the budget comparison and the policy comparison between the Libs and Labor, a lot of it is actually quite similar because um, in, in the response... Uh, Bill Shorten has essentially just jumped onto the tax cut bandwagon, particularly for low and middle income earners. Um, I think the big the big challenge for Bill Shorten is it, they're going real hardball in on climate change, and uh, obviously their constituents, particularly those towards kind of the the green side, want to see his affirmation of climate change policies put into legislation and put into policy. Now, this invariably, because uh, the nature of tackling climate change is uh, uh, inexorably intertwined with reducing emissions, is going to end up with some kind of tax. Okay, so this is the problem. So, that, so Bill Shorten hasn't really outlined the means by which he's going to reduce emissions without slapping a massive tax on everyone, um, besides kind of asking for all new vehicles, uh, for, well, 50% of all new vehicles by 2030 to be electric. Um, he's going to have some major problems because economic management is not a strong suit of the Labor Party and the Liberals are forecasting a budget surplus. So that's a strong point of comparison. I, I uh, don't underestimate the capacity for Bill Shorten to be disliked and I still think that the Libs will get up, albeit narrowly. But the, um, the preferencing is a massive issue and they should um, definitely look at, I would say, uh, backflipping on that. Okay, Andy, anything to say? Um, look, not really my domain, uh, considering that I won't be voting. However, um, look, I just think people should uh, listen in, tell their politicians what they uh, ask them the hard questions. That's what my advice would be. If you want to hear something from your politicians, ask them about it. Um, <laughs> you know, take take you, up the reins. <laughs> if you do not ask, you shall not receive. Exactly right. Um. You get what you get, and you don't get upset in that uh, in that instance. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, look, read up, do your things, whatever you want. I don't really care if I'm honest. Um, okay. You'll care if um, if oh Billy, if you can't turn the lights on because we've decided to go for renewables tower, which is untenable. Coal keeps the lights on. <laughs> Okay, Alex, you want to bring us in with the uh, international story? Uh, so if anyone has been uh, paying attention, I think there might be about seven people who who are uh, hardcore listeners at Cartage House um, have been paying attention to Cartage House. Seven million. Seven <laughs> rubber band banks. Um, we're massive fans of Julian Assange on the program, and we've been kind of tracking his detention uh, for kind of the past couple of months with... Um, 
updates and, and we did a vlog from the Free Julian Assange rally in the Sydney CBD. We've also recently just done a, um, a Julian Assange emergency update video. So what happened was on, uh, on Thursday, WikiLeaks found a Julian Assange, so an Australian citizen, computer scientist and journalist who's been, no, uh, I think, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize every year since 2010. Um, was charged with conspiracy to commit computer intrusion for his work in aiding Chelsea Manning in cracking a password that helped her gain access to classified US government files in 2010. Um, so Assange was arrested from the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Um, the uh, Ecuadorians had previously been given him uh, asylum since 2012. And so he was granted asylum uh, and was living in the Ecuadorian embassy with no access to sunlight um, continually spied upon, uh, no access to the internet or anything like that. Um, and so on Thursday, the Ecuadorian embassy decided to kick him out, which inevitably means that the UK police were let in. Uh, so they've arrested him and he will face an extradition hearing, I believe, in two months, roughly, wasn't it, Dukes? Mm. Around two months. I think on May 2nd. I think on May 2nd, so about two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, so I assume that they moved that forward. Um, and so basically he's going to the US to face a charge related to Chelsea Manning, who was the former uh, analyst at the CIA, um, was uh, now transgendered, so it wasn't Chelsea Manning at the time. Bradley Manning. But Bradley Manning at the time. Um, for uh, Related to hacking files, which uh, WikiLeaks then published, related to uh, which were called the Iraq War Logs, um, and related to U.S. Uh, occupation in Iraq, basically, and there was a whole bunch of stuff that were in those war logs, which demonstrated that uh, what was happening in Iraq and the U.S. occupation was not exactly as was being reported in the media, and there were enhanced interrogation techniques, uh, among um, other kind of widely deemed atrocities, including firing. Uh, on civilians from an Apache attack helicopter, which was caught on camera. Um, so Assange has been arrested, and obviously there's been mixed reactions. Um, I'm going to go to Dougal to give his headline reaction, and then we might... Oh, we, actually, we might go through mm. some of these reactions first, quickly, actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, British Foreign Secretary uh, Jeremy Hunt said, said, Julian Assange is no hero. He has hidden from the truth for years and years. It's an interesting take on Julian Assange. Um, Rafael Correa, the former Ecuadorian president who offered Assange asylum in 2012, attacked his successor, Lenin Moreno. He said, quote, the greatest traitor in Ecuadorian and Latin American history, Lenin Moreno, allowed the British police to enter our embassy in London to arrest Assange. Moreno is a corrupt man, but what he has done is a crime that humanity will never forget. Uh, yeah, that's a big call. But I, I would say fair. Um, we've also got um, uh, the, the current Ecuadorian president uh, said the, the, the one in reference said uh, today I announced that the discourteous and aggressive behaviour of Mr Julian Assange the hostile and threatening declarations of its allied organisation against Ecuador and especially the transgression of international treaties have led the situation to a point where the asylum of Mr Assange is unsustainable and no longer viable. Uh, viable. Uh, well there are a few other reactions but there's basically you know they're quite mixed. Um, Dukes what was your reaction? Well you know it's no surprise uh, the gospel preachers 
you know, who preach the truth, which is against the established interests of the big players, uh, will inevitably get brought down just by the power difference. Uh, Socrates was brought down uh, by the demos in Athens for preaching the truth. Um, Jesus was killed by the Pharisees. You had Darwin uh, and a range of others given a hard time by the Catholic Church. Um, And what I'm just going to say is that there's all this focus on Assange for revealing these secrets, but about zero focus on the secrets themselves, uh, which is the real travesty. Um, you know, it's 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 like, well, these are these going to endanger um, these secrets are allegedly going to endanger um, military personnel and national security. Um, but what about the the video in particular of the Apache helicopter shooting the civilians? Um, it's like that's not going to endanger us. The only danger that's going to happen is that you might get fired from your job. The military contracts might get torn up due to popular demand. Uh, and the military-industrial complex is going to start caving in on itself. Uh, and so that is what the establishment, the deep state, are scared of. Uh, Julian has published that information uh, and has naturally become their enemy, um, but in doing so has become a friend of the people. So uh, it's no secret we like Julian on the show. Uh, we want, wish Julian safe travels. Uh, we would hope that the Morrison government uh, pulls their finger out and goes and brings him home. Uh, and we think uh, the other disgrace is the journalists across the world uh, who aren't sticking up for him. Uh, and I'm telling them that if they uh, don't stick up for their own, um, they shouldn't expect, um, you know, to be... They shouldn't be surprised, right, if you get a tyrannical government here who curbs their freedoms, right? You want to stop stop the problem where it starts at the root, uh, which is currently uh, in Julian Assange territory. Yeah, that, uh, that Dougal's exactly right. And it's an interesting point, the journalists, the fact that none of the journalists are sticking up because uh, what Julian represents is someone who's actually reporting real news uh, compared to uh, yeah. continuously think, reporting fake news, which is yeah. what they do. And I think WikiLeaks is probably the only media... I, I think WikiLeaks has never released one thing that was ever wrong. Yeah. Like, they've checked all of their data and they've, and they've broken stories which mainstream publications would have won Pulitzer Prizes for. Yeah. That's what Tucker Carlson says. Um, now, Tucker st- stuck up pretty hard for Julian on a Fox News segment, so Tucker gets a little shout-out today. Tucker's normally pretty on the money. I've, I've had a slight falling out with Tucker recently because of his comments about um, automation and jobs. Um, but... Other than that, I think you're absolutely right, and the journal. It is quite interesting to see the way in which the journalists, which I, uh, the journalists are supposed to be kind of the fourth estate, um, which is supposed to act uh, independently and keep the government in check. But we can see that the, go- uh, the the journalists, for the most part, in this instance, are the ones who are facilitating the continual expansion of the military-industrial complex, who are facilitating the expansion of the state and the government and massive bureaucracy and spying and the intelligence and um, the unlawful activities of. Uh, the military overseas, they're the ones who are obviously, these guys are obviously benefiting in this kind of um, toxic symbiosis whereby uh, they will kind of report minor leaks in the government, which are used to damage political opponents, but they won't actually go after the real stories. So they get a little bit uh, we, relating to the, the people that they're getting the leaks from. So um, obviously that these journalists finally are realising that there's actually one real journalist among them, and that's Julian Assange. Um but uh, I think we should also um, 
emphasise the fact that Julian has had no help from the Morrison government. Um, the Morrison government has said we will give him no exceptional help and he will, Julian will be subject to the same uh, policies that anyone who is extradited to the US will follow. So, um, Martin, obviously Morrison's done nothing. He's going to continue to do nothing by the sounds of it. And it's, um, it, it, I, it's not an election issue, obviously, because... Um, it's not the the mainstream media will continue to suppress this, but um, it should be an issue in truth, because mm-hmm. uh, it's a matter of principle. If you're going to vote a government in on principles as much as uh, fiscal responsibility, then I think this would be a good indicator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Natale, Richard Dean Natale, the Greens leader, said um, the Morrison government should have done more. So shout out to Dean Natale. Don't normally mm-hmm. agree with him, but he's right on this uh, right on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Uh, also, I'm um, just going to give Newt Gingrich a beta male nomination yep. for him saying that uh, Julian Assange was a villain. I just saw that segment on Fox News. Newt, uh, you beta. You big an beta. soy boy for that comment. And there, there is never... Newt Gingrich has never seen a missile he didn't like launched. Mm-hmm. The only time he, he okay. saw a missile um, that he, he didn't like was when he was sitting in the in a canister and it wasn't emptied in a shell somewhere in Iraq. Hmm. If it's sitting there and it's unused, he doesn't like it. But if the, you've got an empty cartridge, he's a fan. Okay, I get it now. I'm on yeah, that. I didn't get it before either, but... Okay, cool. That wraps up our international and domestic story. Um, before we go on, we're gonna do we're gonna do the Israel Folau story. We're also gonna do a little. Um, we're gonna flavour the Israel Folau story with a comparison to another star sports person, uh, Kyle Korver, and we're gonna kind of compare the two. Um, but compare before, the pair. Compare the pair. Now, before we do, I want to just give a little feel-good story, um, which I uh, I don't usually do, but I just it came up. I saw it, and I just thought this would be something that we we would like to cover. So there's a Brazilian guy named Sebastião Ribeiro Salgado and his wife Lelia Deloise Wanik Salgado. Um, now I've probably butchered the names, but they I'm sure they would forgive me. Uh, so basically. The bloke went to Rwanda to cover the the, the genocide, came back, realized that there was uh, hardly any trees left in his hometown, right? No trees left because deforestation, uh, blah, blah, blah. So what he did um, was uh, he went and since 1999 planted over 2 million seedlings of 290 species of trees and more. Uh, And since that time, uh, 33 species of mammals have returned, two of them being vulnerable and about to be extinct worldwide. There's been a return of 293 species of plants, 15 species of reptiles, 15 species of amphibians, 172 bird species have come back, of which six are already in danger of becoming extinct. Now, what I'm saying is that um, sometimes deforestation needs to happen for economic development uh, to give people jobs to lift them out of poverty, uh, and if you really are committed to the environmentalism, uh, and I like the environment, I like the trees, I like the the, the nature and, and the wildlife and the flora and the fauna. Nobody likes the flora and the fauna more than me. Um, but Steve I'm would. just giving props to this guy because uh, in about 2012, uh, there's just like that whole area of his village is now just full of nice natural trees and wildlife. And I like that he took it into his own hands. Uh, he didn't just uh, sit at... Lobby the, lobby, lobby the government 
Uh, and so you get respect for doing that. So that's a little feel-good story for the week. Congrats to that Brazilian couple. Um, now, I'm happy to introduce the uh, Falau story, or do you want to introduce it, Andy? I'm happy to, but... Okay, you, you, go for, you go forward, I'll do the Kyle Corver. What we want is speed and factual accuracy. Okay, so I'll, I'll do the Israel Speech Falau. Speech precision. Um, so, earlier this week, Israel Falau posted to his Instagram a photo um, which said all these different groups of people, like atheists, uh, people... Homosexuals... Yeah, drunkards, uh, drunkards, homosexuals especially. Well, that's what's been. Um, well, it wasn't homosexuals. Homosexuals were in the same group. There was. Yeah, but that's what's been most controversial. He said, "All these people, if you do not repent, will go to hell." Mm-hmm. Um, so this caused uh, a great amount of backlash, as uh, the ARU, Qantas, and other members of the uh, like pe- social media people, um, lots of people have just been giving Izzy. A bunch of stick and saying he should be fired as a result of his comments. Um, and so Qantas is threatening to withdraw their sponsorship yeah, of um, the World Cup. The official ARU statement is that whilst Israel is entitled to his religious beliefs, the way in which he has expressed these beliefs is inconsistent with the values of the sport. We want to make it clear that he does not speak for the game with his recent social media posts. So uh, he has been his contract. I'm not sure if it has been officially terminated yet, but it is uh, yeah, has been called to do so. Um, and Izzy is looks like he's going to be uh, unemployed mm. very very soon. The NRL refused Peter to, Beattie. To, Beattie. to take him back. Now, I, the truth is, my gut feeling is that how many days have been since this happened? Like probably five days. Um, my gut feeling is that if the ARU were going to fire him, they probably would have done it already. Like I'm not sure why they haven't done it yet, and it leads me to believe there's a significant chance he won't get fired. No, 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 he's getting fired. Yeah, he's getting fired. I think it's officially reported that he's uh, done. Yeah, I think it's... Um, uh, well, they've said they're intending to do so and that they're going to have a meeting with him. He's on the brink of being sacked. And that's he's on the brink of being sacked. Five minutes ago or something. Yeah, so he hasn't been sacked yet. Um, yeah, so I think there's a chance he's going he's gonna to stay. Um, Andy, what's your reaction to the... Uh, to the post, to the coverage. Um, um, well, firstly, uh, Rugby Australia is a private entity, isn't it? I'm fairly certain it is. Um, and it is able, in a business sense, to do as it pleases, um, whether it, if it believes that it's not within like a code of conduct or something like that that Israel Folau should have been aware of, then um, they have the right to, to sack him. Um, but I personally, uh, I'll caveat this by saying that I don't believe I don't have the same beliefs as Israel Flower, but I don't think um, that as a result of his beliefs that he should be uh, fired for them. Um, I think that uh, Rugby Australia has sort of take if they want to take a stance, good on them for taking the stance. Um, but personally, I disagree with the sacking. I think. I need to ponder it some more, but yeah, it sounds like sounds like you might need to. Um, quick shout out to uh, Hugh Cochran uh, and Brian Musa, who brought this. Um, you know, who really who really lobbied the Carnage House to do. Um, you know, to do a video on it, uh, and so thanks for the input. We're responding. Shout out to the cock. Yeah. Uh, great work, boys. Uh, Alex, what's your reaction? Um. Okay, so. 
first thing I want to say is um, we have to decide whether or not um, as a society, a contract-based society, whether or not um, you can discriminate against someone else based on whatever factors you'd like. And uh, so for all the people who are saying, well, um, AI, the, the Australian rugby is a private entity, they can choose to sack him if they breach their own terms of contract. Then I would say, um, I agree with you, absolutely. But this should be applied across the board and not just in a special instance where uh, we're picking on a Christian who said something that a few people didn't like. This should be, we should honour this principle in the sense that two people should be allowed to engage in a contract uh, for mutual benefit and where the uh, where a breach of the terms should um, result in whatever outcome they had destined and the government should stay out of it. Okay, so if, you, if you're okay with uh, Falau being sacked um, by Australian Rugby Union for expressing his political beliefs, I'm okay with it as well. But just don't get upset if a Muslim is fired, if a gay person is fired. Um, well, there was that Muslim chick who did get fired for the, her... Um comments about the Anzacs on ABC, didn't she, on Q&A? You remember that story? I don't, actually. Yes, I remember that. Uh, Magdala. Or, yeah, someone, like, yeah. So it has happened before. Yeah, it has happened, but there's there's anti-discrimination laws. This is what I'm saying. You can't, I, I don't think you can simultaneously hold the positions that it's uh, not okay in some instances, uh, but it's okay in others. Mm-hmm. Um, now, pertaining to the thing, uh, this is a, a, a separate thing and a kind of more... A theological thing. I don't understand why people are getting upset about it, secondly. Um, if you're not a Christian um, and someone's telling you that you're going to go to hell if you're going to do all these things, then it shouldn't, I, I think as a principle, it shouldn't really concern you. You shouldn't really lose much sleep over it. And if you're getting it, you know, you're, you're more than entitled to your opinion, but I just don't think it's worth um, getting upset over. Um, okay, I would, I would disagree with you there. I think that if you have... Um, a whole lot of people who would uh, subscribe to a religion which says that the perfect uh, entity of all time, uh, which is God, has decided that the appropriate reaction to homosexuality is to spend eternity uh, burning in hellfire um, and then you would naturally believe that that's what that person deserves as well. They've committed such a grave act that that should be their outcome uh, at the end. Uh, I think that's like a reflection of how you would view that person, right? Because if you believe that that crime was so bad that they deserve to go to hell for all time, uh, that would obviously inform your view of the person uh, and the acts they're committing. Now, Israel would say that he doesn't dislike, he probably he would probably say he doesn't dislike gay people, uh, he doesn't dislike drunkards or the sinners. Uh, in fact, he loves them all. Um, but it is then hard to also have the position uh, that they should go to hell uh, for eternity for those crimes. Um, and so I don't think it was very nice uh, from Israel. And I think in a lot of cases, people say things that aren't very nice. And what the person who received those comments should do is not really uh, feel any emotional investment in them. I like what you say, but nonetheless, that doesn't change the fact that what the person said might not be very nice and should we should be critical of it, right? Just because the recipient of the comments uh, would have a happier life if they didn't worry about them doesn't mean we shouldn't uh, consider the comments. Um, so I think that was a real coach killer 
it was a real uh, put your put your fingers over the bridge of your nose um, if you were the ARU. Uh, and I look, I I mean, I I don't think it's very good, and I think we should really. Uh, like I would tend to agree and sympathise with a lot of the comments critical of Israel, um, that of the range of things we sh- we should be judging people uh, on, um, kind of sexuality is should be close to the bottom of the list, um, or it shouldn't even make the list. Uh, and I think coming out and saying that, uh, you know, something like sexuality should determine your uh, future existence. Uh, is is not is not very nice, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be um, encouraging it. Um, yeah, I, I look. I will disagree with you. I just don't like. It, you have to also put it in the context. He said homosexuality was a sin, but he also put it in the context of a whole bunch of other things that a lot of people do all the time as well. Sure. So, um, I'll say, well, you know, why it, it, it seems as if only only uh, one group is kicking up a stink about it, but. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna say that it's like he's allowed to have his have his religious beliefs, but he's just not allowed to express them, then we should just say that Christians shouldn't be allowed to express their beliefs at all because it's not very nice because gay people might get offended. Well, a lot of it isn't very nice, and if Christians followed the book a hundred percent, a lot of people would be kicking up a stink. The reason why we don't kick up a stink that much is because most people view Christianity as a bit of a salad bar religion where they can go and take the nice bits and run with it, right? If people took all the, all the bits from the salad that's in the book, um, people would be kicking up a stink all the time. Does that mean and should... like we kick up a stink when people follow like the Quran. Uh, and so I think to say that, you know, we, we would be kicking up a stink. Okay, well, I just, I just think in this instance, it's, um, it's atheists attack Christians for all the time. And I'm just saying, I, I think it's a little bit of selective outrage. I think it's a little bit, um, it, it's again, I think logically it's conditional whether or not you think hell exists or not. And just because the comments aren't nice doesn't mean I don't think you, you, it's kind of pile on practice. Uh, it's good practice to jump on someone uh, just because you don't think the comments are particularly nice in the same way that Well, sure. Can. I mean, you can judge the reaction however you like, but it doesn't excuse the comments. But, the, uh, but again, the comments are the comments are conditional on whether or not you believe that the hell exists. Um, look, I mean, I look, I just, just it's like it's not very nice, and we shouldn't be encouraging people to be nice, right? Like, if you said, if someone came and said to you, um, let's say someone commented on our thing, um, oh, I'm gonna do something to you, I'm gonna punch you, I'm gonna kill you, blah blah blah, and we made a decision, right? Well, I don't think they're gonna do it probably not going to happen i'm not going to care about it. it's like okay well, it's, but there's a not difference very between nice. between an eternity in a, in a construct which is not tangible here on earth and someone actually performing physical violence on you because 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 the same people are saying well uh it's uh hell's a construct created by christians it doesn't actually exist and they're saying well uh i don't think you can actually yeah okay look link right. a, a i think we're just going to dis- i just country. think we're going to disagree okay um Look, I'm happy for him to be fired, but I'm just saying, uh, just be prepared in the instance where everyone starts. You can't kick up a, a stink then when people start. Uh, you know, if the, if someone wants to practice and turn to Mecca, uh, you say, "Well, I don't really think that that's appropriate at the workplace." Well, then, um, just be prepared in case someone gets the boot for that. Is what I would say. Okay, I think you're taking it pretty out of hand because I think most Christian beliefs are totally that people have today are totally accepted. 
and would not people won't kick up a stink about it. But I, I think if a Muslim turns to Mecca, I think no one would get upset. But about if you're that. taking an aspect of uh, of faith and, and religion, then you should be able to apply it across the board. Well, I just don't. I don't think that's reasonable. Like, there's. Do you think like you should be able to like express like even the worst parts of Christianity as well? Because there are much much worse parts than that. No, I'm saying. Look, I'm just saying. If we're going to have this as an example, where it's okay to. Okay, but I just okay. don't think we. I just don't think we ever take like a principle and logically extend it across the whole thing, regardless. Like you should be able to express your religious opinions, okay? But we always caveat that in different ways, and it's like there's some type of palette of acceptability, right? Where we say, okay, you can express these religious opinions, uh, but we will kick up a stink if you do that. Like we just have that all the time. So I don't think you're saying you have to choose between a black and white is like a fair well, representation. Well, but I'm saying if we're gonna if we're gonna like uh, use religious um, principles as a way in which we can justify firing someone, then I think you've got to, you have to. No, I don't think you say. You can totally say you can express this part of Islam, but not the jihad part of Islam. Just because you say you can express, um, you know, you pray five times a day, doesn't mean you also then have to accept them doing jihad. Like you can totally draw lines. And you don't have to take their whole religion. But should we keep up a stink when, like, the someone draws a line which we think is, uh, like, too far? So yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure you can. I'm just saying that in this instance, Flau, what Flau said wasn't nice, uh, and we shouldn't excuse him, or like we should, we shouldn't then say, well, oh, if he can't say this, then we should never let any Christian thing be allowed or if he is allowed to say this we should let every christian thing be allowed like i just don't think that's a fair representation of the situation or what anyone's arguing on either side um okay now i want to talk about uh carl corver because carl corver wrote an article this week called privilege in the players tribune um there are some parts which are um which, which i'm fine with uh, and some parts which I'm not fine with. Uh, but what I do want to focus on a little bit is the reaction to each story and how each story is being treated in the mainstream media because these are both star athletes. These are both guys who are making a lot of money, both guys who kids look up to, um, blah, blah, blah. I think they're very comparable, right? Kyle Korver is an NBA player for the Utah Jazz who's actually playing in a game as we speak. So he starts off his article called Privilege um, by talking about his teammate Darbo Cephalosha uh, who was uh, who got arrested by this black guy got arrested by police uh, broke his leg in the arrest and then settled with the the police for like four million bucks right it stopped his NBA season he had to come back next season he then talks about the issue of Russell Westbrook at a Utah Jazz game uh, got heckled uh, race race racially charged comments by some of the supporters um, and he's he says all of this racism uh, and race, like, he says the police brutality, which is based on race and the racist heckling, uh, talks about the issue, which is about what it means to just exist right now as a person of colour in a mostly white space. So what Kyle is talking about in this instance is that in America, which has mostly white people, uh, it is hard for a black person to exist just because they are outnumbered and they feel like there's more white people in positions of power or white people have you know, more stuff going on. So just because you're in a minority in numerically, it is hard to exist, right? Um, Kyle says, um, uh, I work with those guys, the black guys in the NBA, and I 100% stand with them. But the problem is I, quote, look like the other guy. 
He says, how can I, as a white man, listen to this, part of this systemic problem become part of the solution when it comes to racism in the workplace, in my community, in this country? I know that as a white man, I have to hold my fellow white men accountable. So what I want Kyle to understand is that if you talk about race relations, the worst thing you can do is to start dividing everybody up into different racial groups. It's even worse than to go and start dividing people up by gender because you know what that actually does? It divides people. It's the reason why race relations are much better in Texas than they are in California, right? The racist South has much better race relations because people overall don't look at the other person as much as black or white. They look at them as a person, right? And then race comes into that person's identity much further down the list in Texas after, uh, are they a hard worker? Are they kind? Are they compassionate? Uh, do they, um, you know, there's all these much more important things that happen at, which should be the foundation of your identity rather than the color of your skin, right? But Kyle Korver doesn't believe that. He believes that if you're a black man, that means you have to you you have this set of responsibilities and this set of defining characteristics. And if you're a white man, you have this set of uh, responsibilities and defining characteristics. Uh, I don't accept that. I don't play that game. It's actually exactly the same game that the white supremacists play who you would hate so much. They say we're white and we're going to take responsibility for all the good stuff. But on the other hand, you're saying you're white, you need to take responsibility for all the bad stuff. So all you are is actually two sides of the same coin. Those ideologies are brothers, not opposites. Uh, and I'm telling you that your existence, uh, the, 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 uh, your ideas, you encouraging your ideas implicitly validates the ideas of white supremacists. Um, but let's continue reading. He said, as white people, are we guilty of the sins of our forefathers? No, I don't think so. But are we responsible for them? Yes, I believe we are, right? Uh, so if you're white in America, guess what? You're gonna have to start paying slavery reparations for what happened two or 300 years ago, right? And the, one of the terrible problems with, with something other than the fact that they are obviously not responsible for slavery um, is that you start then attributing responsibility uh, based on all these other all these other identity groups, right? Um, so if you follow that logic, the Chinese are then responsible for the Black Plague in Europe because that's where the Black Plague started. And I want to see Black Plague reparations uh, going from the Chinese into the EU uh, because that's just obviously uh, what should happen and they're responsible for it. Um, and... You know, there's no end to where that could go in terms of like historical responsibility. Uh, and it's it's a silly thing to say. Um, but Kylie says, and I guess I've come to realize that when we talk about solutions to systemic racism, it's like systemic racism. There are no, like there are racial, there are instances of racism, um, absolutely. But people throw around this word like systemic racism or institutional racism, like which system is racist or which institution is racist and all they can come up with uh, is capitalism and the American system, which has actually provided the best platform for black people to succeed like of all time. The, one of the, um, the, the, the problems, the, one of the fundamental you'll, you'll see with articles like this is that there are a whole bunch of uh, assumptions you make uh, which then lead 
uh, onto each other and they, they each kind of get more ridiculous and more ridiculous as, as you mm-hmm. go on and, and like so white privilege is really in, in truth a sum of a whole bunch of ridiculous assumptions and so you get to that point where you say well um, are white people uh, kind of um, incarcerated less and you go oh yeah uh, do they earn more than some other people yeah okay and well we we're going to well, get to that in the essay yeah. alright well you just uh, yeah it's, there's a whole bunch of uh, assumptions here which underlie the logic and the assumptions actually don't really hold up at all, particularly this whole numbers game business, but I guess we'll mm-hmm. touch that. Yeah, um, and then Kyle goes on to say he talked. So he talked about the race, the racism of the police officer and the heckler, uh, and he said that racism is in some ways uh, kind of. I, I don't think he used the word better, but what he was getting at it's was easy, that it's easier. it's easier to deal with of the two because it's it's there, you can see it, um, everybody can can see it and judge it straight away. And he says, this is from the, from the essay. In many ways, the more dangerous form of racism isn't that loud and stupid kind. It's the, it isn't the, the kind uh, that announces itself when it walks into the arena. It's the quiet and subtle kind, the kind that almost hides itself in plain view. It's the person who does not say all the, quote, right things in public. They're perfectly friendly, and when they meet a person of color, they're very polite, but in private, well, they sort of wish everyone would stop making everything about race all the time. Okay, uh, so Kyle would include uh, in uh, in his um, most racist people probably Martin Luther King Jr., um, who said uh, he did not want people to judge others on the color of their skin, but the content of their character, like we like to do on Carnage House. We are those terrible racists, um, and we know- we stand uh, in. Racist solidarity with Martin Luther Luther King. We stand in racist solidarity with Martin Luther King, Junior. Um, and then listen to this. This is he goes on to say, um, people of color. They built this league. They've grown this league. People of color have made this league into what it is today. And guess what? I just wanted to say that if you can't find it in your heart to support them now, and I mean actively support them, blah blah blah. He says you're a bad person. Um, but what I think is so funny, so funny is that this is what Richard Spencer, the National Policy Institute, the real alt-right people, is exactly what they say, except they swap it in. Uh, they swap black people and NBA with white people and democracy or white people in capitalism or white people in America. It's like, it's the same game. You don't get credit today for having the same skin colour as the people who came before you who did good stuff, right? Or did bad stuff. You don't get credit or bad credit either way. You just get credit for being a person and you get credit based on what you actually do in your life, not what other people of that same identity characteristic get to do, right? And so if you ask people what is... And so this is this is the big well, issue. It's 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 what you would uh, call some Christians. You would say that this this uh, identity politics is a salad bar religion. Yeah. You just you pick and choose the best bits, or you pick and choose um, the worst bits. And 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 it's 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 yeah, mate. It's it's, it's absolutely uh, ridiculous. Um, and Kyle, uh, so Kyle's last. This is the last paragraph I want to I want to touch on. Um, and it's very interesting. It's a very interesting well, it paragraph. Game away in my um, Kyle says, Kyle says the fact that black Americans are five times as likely to be incarcerated as white Americans is wrong. The fact that black Americans are more than twice as likely to live in poverty as white Americans is wrong. The fact that black unemployment rates nationally are double that overall unemployment rates is wrong. 
The fact that black imprisonment rates for drug charges are almost six times higher nationally than white imprisonment rates for drug charges is wrong. The fact that black Americans own approximately one-tenth of wealth of white Americans is wrong. So obviously what Kyle wants to do is change in prison. We've got to set quotas for prison rates, right? I actually wrote um, a little satire article, which I never released about it, called um, Why uh, Prison is Sexist Towards Women, right? And it's that um, the overwhelming prison population is men and which is sexist to women and there are men in there who even though they've done murders and thefts are depriving a woman of her 50% share in the prison system Um, and obviously Kyle wants prison and incarceration rates to be equal for blacks for whites for Asians for for Indians for Hispanics for half Indian half Hispanics for a quarter Indian half black half white Um, (laughs) for gays for transsexuals uh, people with black hair brown hair um, you know, people uh, who've been to Wollongong, people who haven't been to Wollongong. People who love the gong. People who, who don't like the gong. People who like the eels, people who don't like the dragons. And, um, so what I'm going to say to to Carl um, is I don't celebrate this fact at all, but it is nonetheless a fact uh, that we must understand. Um, black men commit 50% of the murders in America, right? 50%. And... What I'm telling you is that if the prison rates actually reflect um, the the crimes that get committed in real life, and if it happens that black people commit more crimes than white people, then they sh- then it it's absolutely fair that they are overrepresented uh, in prisons if it's in in line with reality. Now, if you were then to come to me and have a conversation that juries might sometimes uh, convict more black people or the sentencing of black people. Uh, is often harsher than of white people. That's a conversation that we can have. Um, but the idea that just because uh, black people, that, that, that just your race, uh, that, that we should have equal numbers of race in prison, um, regardless of what the, the, the reality is. I mean, look at Jussie Smollett. Jussie Smollett should have absolutely gone to prison um, uh, for faking a hate crime and misleading police. Um, but not only has he not gone to prison, he hasn't even paid back the city of Chicago the hundred grand that they had in the investigation. I mean, you talk about the white privilege. That's the, the greatest example, that's a great recent example of black privilege uh, that we've seen. And I'm not saying that there is black privilege, but I'm saying that uh, if you want to look at uh, people going into prison, uh, you see Jussie Smollett did not go to prison uh, on a highly publicized case. Um and Andy, Alex, what 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 do you what do you reckon what do you reckon of it? Look, Carl uh, Corver is definitely a, a a frequent soy drinker, and I wouldn't be surprised if his testosterone levels are half that of the national average. Um, this is the problem. Uh, the the NBA has become polit- uh, weaponized and politicized. Um, to a degree that it never really was, um, particularly over the last kind of five or six years, led by uh, social justice advocates like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, um, those kind of people. And so what, what you end up happening is when you are this white guy in the league, um, you do end up feeling like this kind of... You're inside the, the hyperbaric uh, training chamber for social justice warriors. Uh, mm. You know, the, the same one that Goku and Vegeta would go into and they'd come out 10 times woker. Um, so obviously, Kyle Corbett, for whatever reason, feels like he has this burden and this guilt that he's got to get rid of. And the only way to do it is to self-flagellate himself and uh, every other white person in America 
Um, it's mm. stupid, but more than that, it's actually it's just factually wrong. The whole the whole it's premise is racist. I mean, he's saying that people judging black people for being black. You literally said white people are part of a national systemic issue that white people are responsible for it, and you have to keep other white people accountable. Right? Can you imagine if someone came out and said, we have a systemic issue of black people <laughs> in America, particularly black males. Right? That's basically what Hillary Clinton said when she said black, there's a lot of black males who are super, super predators. predators. Um, but because she, she, you know, she was a woman and she was a Democratic nominee, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, she had all these power forces, which, which well, meant... Well, she that, had a, a lot of woke um, credits. But, <laughs> but, she, she, but she Kyle it. has literally said probably the most racist thing this year... Um, but because um, you can't be racist to white people, um, yeah. uh, you know, no nobody kicks up a fuss about it. Not only that, but everyone's praising him. Yet all these NBA analysts, uh, these absolute chumps, um, who come out, they're in the top one percent, and they're saying, "Oh, I'm more oppressed than um, that white guy who's who, who, who's in Chicago, who's who's in the gutters." Um, and that guy apparently starts way ahead than his best mate Jerome next door, who's you know. And then both, you know, they're both gangbanging. Um, it's like so. So this is again. This is a. Uh, it's it's just a total uh, lack of self awareness. Um, and so you see, you take the NBA for example. The NBA is majority black. Okay, and this is one of those things where uh, some people have a natural predisposition towards certain things. Now, black people, um, for whatever reason, tend to be in general more athletic than white people. Okay, that's just a fact. Um, that's there's, just a thing. there's no affirmative action for white people in the hundred meter sprint. There's no affirmative action for the for the white. There's no affirmative action for white guys in the NBA. Um, so when you start talking about percentages and you start saying, well, five times more likely, you can't just simply say because there is a discrepancy in the way in which uh, the numbers pan out that that's somehow some kind of evidence of systemic. Uh, I mean, oppression. yeah, like I think over ninety percent of the prison population is men, right? That doesn't just become like a gender issue. Right, that's because most people can realise men, on average, are probably a bit more aggressive than women, and so once you get the most aggressive people, they're probably mostly men. Right, so nobody's really crying about that. There are some times where you say, all right, males might get some harsher sentencing than females. That's a conversation we might we might have. uh, Women get Um, uh, settlement with the kids far more often than men. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that in terms of just the disparity in demographics between men and women in prison, nobody's saying that just because there's a disparity like that, that all of a sudden it's a gender issue, everyone needs to be talking about it. Because we accept that in reality, men probably do more violent stuff than women. Yeah, but this is, this is again, it's, it's, it's a, it, 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 there's a factual error here. And it's the idea that kind of correlation equals causation. That it's the reason why um, black and, uh, 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 Americans are more than twice as likely to live in poverty as white Americans is wrong. The assumption is that the reason why black Americans are, are more than twice as likely is because white people are half as likely, right? They say, well, it, you know, it's just basic stupid statistics that they obviously haven't done. And this is what, what I call woke statistics. Um, so SJW 101, uh, where you get to flip the data and flip the numbers. And the same, the same way with the gender pay gap, you say, well, uh, women are earning 79 cents on the dollar. That's because the system is sexist it's not because there are a whole bunch of choices now um if we want like uh, i I would encourage kyle corvett to go to um and consult any kind of uh data from thomas soul or um anyone else any other black mathematicians or uh data scientists who will explain to you exactly the reason why african americans are going to prison um but this uh, uh but more broadly there's a reason why kyle corvett 
doesn't want to, for example, bring in uh, Asian privilege uh, because that kind of doesn't fit the woke narrative. Jewish privilege. Jewish privilege, where uh, Asians are more likely to... Uh, well, they like earn everything. more money. Earn they more, go to they prison live in safer less. places. Um, they go to prison less. Uh, they live longer. Um, they get all the things you can uh, say about white privilege is more true for Asian privilege. And, and Jews. They, and Jews. But that's why the whole numbers thing doesn't work because the Asians and the Jews constitute a smaller proportion than the whites as well except they're doing better mm. and the thing i want to touch on is that i was a bit critical of israel israel Folau, which i think i was rightly critical of still but happy to disagree um but what we saw is total condemn condemnation of israel for his comments from everybody's getting torn up like his contracts getting torn up everybody's saying he's uh super homophobic um but then you get kyle Korver, who's literally designated one group of people based on their skin color and gender as part of a nationwide problem uh, and all of a sudden he's the hero and what it leads you to believe is that this media establishment doesn't actually care about racism they don't want to solve racism because they actually don't believe in racism in the same way they don't actually believe in sexism uh, they don't believe they don't believe even in uh, transphobia because uh, you can see that um, by the way they treat Kyle Corver's racist comments towards white people you can see that uh, in the way they treated Caitlyn Jenner after she came out as a Republican they dropped her like uh, a lead balloon um, you know because she was actually uh, conservative yeah um, this is this is a problem with the intersectional uh, Olympics because it only works as long as everyone stays in their place sure it doesn't work when um, the, the Muslims start protesting against um, uh, gay marriage or yeah. they start protesting against the tort of gender fluidity at schools. Um, uh, but yeah. I would be with the, the Muslims on gender fluidity at schools, potentially. I'm open to that argument. Um, but so what I'm just what I just wanted to highlight was the total disparity in the way things are treated. Um, so what you can expect is that if you come out with a pro SJW narrative, um, even if it's racist, uh, you will be loved by the media. Uh, and if you come out with um, an anti-SJW narrative, uh, re regardless of if, you know, that, that has uh, homophobia or whatever in it, then you will get crucified. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to highlight that disparity of reaction. Um, and I think, um, you know, both of them should have been criticised. That's what I think. And they weren't. Um, um, look, I, I, you know, I'm happy for Flair to be criticised. I'm totally open to that argument. I just think the outrage is a little bit selective, and I think um, we actually need to have a discussion about contracts in a in a contract based society about what's actually appropriate. Okay, well, we can have that. Yeah. Um, I think we uh, wrapping up now with the jumping to conclusions. Jumping to conclusions. Okay. okay. Remind the people what you're. I want to remind the people that. Um, you don't get what you pay for in Sydney. And then if you are a young person, you should at least move out of Sydney and, and explore some other cities, right? The reason is um, it's so expensive to live in Sydney, um, to pay for electricity, to pay for a house or rent. Um, it just means that you, unless you're making absolute cash, like it's so hard to make more uh, than just your expenses to have enough to go out and like have fun and do interesting stuff and travel uh, and meet cool people and 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 uh, invest in stuff and start your own business. It's just so much of your own personal like 
wages and pay just gets put straight into uh, housing costs and like electricity and stuff like that, um, which which I would say means that if you were to live in another city, now Melbourne, you might get a similar thing, but I'm saying like go and pack up and move over to like um, Budapest for a while or like Odessa or um, some other like cool city where your money's worth way more because um, you'll actually find some really interesting people there and you'll be able to have a lot of fun. Like if you went and lived for like a little while in Vietnam um, or China or uh, somewhere else, not only could you like save up a lot of money because you could probably get like a really good job there, um, but you would also have probably like a much more fun lifestyle. Uh, and the toss up is obviously, you know, you got your, your home here, you got your family, you got your friends, uh, blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying, bring them, bring them, go and, go and live for a year and work in, uh, you know, some company in, in Shanghai. Because um, you just get these awesome cities uh, where you can do way more stuff uh, for way less cost. Uh, and you can kind of, um, I just think it's, it's not only the financially wise decision, but I think it's also like the personally wise decision. You'll get to grow a lot as a person. You'll get to meet international people. You'll get to um, benefit from being that cool Australian guy, uh, you know, or girl. Uh, use guy uh, plurally. Um, that's 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 just what I think. Look, I think it's hard to disagree with that. Um, you do sort of seem like uh, have you seen those Batuta advocate memes where it's just like uh, uh, Aussie girl comes back from Italy and says that she's uh, found herself mm-hmm. and that the uh, the culture over there is so much more beautiful. That does seem a little bit... That's a little bit of your vibe you're projecting, but I think it is a hard argument to um, argue against in regards Look, to I just think Sydney's a great city if you are really rich. Like, you can pay for cool stuff, you can live on the beach, um, but just for most people, it blows way too much big of a hole in your wallet than it's worth. Come explore the gong. Come get a little bit of Come gong, gong action. Even go out of Australia. There's heaps of other cool places you can go and check out, you know? Yeah, I tend to and agree. there's probably like so much competition for good jobs in Australia. If you were to go to like Eastern Europe or in Asia, you could like get a few steps, a few rungs up the ladder, uh, just because of the quality of education we have here. Uh, and you can go and go do some stuff there, get some international experience. And then even if you were to come back, you'd be on a much higher salary. Probably, uh, you might be able to speak another language. You'd have met heaps of cool people. Oh, just no, that's just my general idea. Being being the cool Aussie guy, or the cool Aussie girl, is something that is a real thing like when you go overseas and oh you're arsy or like for example my time in america the americans love the australian accent mm-hmm. so um alex anything to say uh this was just a uh, i think a bit of a, a softball conclusion i think it's something we all really kind of agree on already um that's a silly it, thing to say not really i don't think it's oh. a silly thing to say um yeah i agree with you uh, i'm going to china for six months at least um, in a couple of, in like 10 days or whatever it might it be the one of probably the second last podcast um, do, uh, now before I go I got an important announcement to make um, this is currently in the works um, and I'm going to do my best to bring it to uh, reality election was called for March 18th as we discussed earlier on what I'm going to do March, my March sorry May 18th what I'm going to do my best is to book a studio for election day work in conjunction with uh, 45 Productions and my boy Jordan Floyd there to do a live stream of Carnage House election coverage. Um, and we might be able to bring in a few guests 
uh, we might be able to have like a few phone calls. We'll be there drinking some bevins, seeing the updates as they come in. Uh, so get ready for that announcement. Hopefully that will come soon. Um, and and also be there. I'll be there. We might be able to have uh, something from Alex, uh, you know, for it to, to pop in or a little pre-recorded thing. Um, but it'll be cool. It'll probably be like, I probably wouldn't do it the whole day, maybe like three or four hours and you can just have us on in the background or tune in whenever you like. Um, but I think it could be a cool thing. We could get some heavy hitting guests coming on. Uh, and if you'd be interested in that, please let us know. Um, and also last but not least, um, if you like, if you like the channel, uh, feel free to go and support us on Patreon. Um, we'll put the link in the description as little as a dollar a month. Cool. That is done. Perfect timing. Boom, perfect timing. CHP. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for being with us. See you later.